0: Why don't you take just a second, stay standing. Sorry to psych you out there, okay. Take like 15 seconds, turn to one or two people around you and tell them one thing you were afraid of when you were a kid, okay? One thing, 15 seconds. One thing. Okay, you can have a seat now. Get rowdy when we start talking about fear, I guess, okay? Okay, who said the dark? Anybody? There's one, a couple over here. Runs in the family, apparently. Um, who said uh, storms? Anybody? Hey, there's one. Okay, who said bugs? Snakes? Anybody snakes? There's a few snakes. Anything different out there? What's that? Clowns, okay, that's fair, all right, I got that. Somebody in first service said cats, I don't know, I don't get that one, all right. You know, when we were kids, there's lots of things that we're afraid of, and and we're in this series that we're calling Refuge, and last week we began, and we were talking about September 11th, and there's a lot of fear wrapped up in that, right? And um, what we sort of carry forward, and how we deal with that, and how God can be our refuge in the midst of that. Now, as I think of fear, when I look back on when I was a kid, I was afraid of everything, okay? Everything that you named, I was afraid of, all right? How many of you are afraid of being alone? I was, all right? And it's not just that being alone is scary, because it is a little bit, but what's worse is you take all the stuff that we talked about, and then if you're alone, it, it all gets magnified, right? You're afraid even more of all those things. Now, it's funny how, you know, I'd be so afraid, and then a parent would walk in, a grandparent, and then all the fears sort of began to dissipate, because I wasn't alone anymore. And as much as those fears could still be there, it's like I could use logic to get rid of them, like that's not really gonna happen, the chances of that are happening are really low, and all those things that you tell yourself, and that sort of worked when there was people around, but when I was lo- alone, the logic left me. And all the emotion of fear was still present. Now, as we sort of grow up and we're adults, some of those same fears, I mean, some of them might still be there, but a lot of them have sort of gone away. There's other things that have taken their place. And, and when we're physically alone, we may not be as afraid. But, you know, sometimes we feel emotionally alone. And that can magnify all the fears that we have about stuff going on in our lives. And that works in lots of different ways, okay? Maybe you're a single parent here today and you're hardly ever physically alone, right? Because you're responsible. You've got the kids all the time. I mean, you go to work, people around you come home, kids are there, you're always in the presence of people but you might feel emotionally alone because it's all on you. Raising the kids, all on you. Financially providing for them. All on you. It's all you. And so, it's like, who do you talk to? How do you deal with that? Maybe you're still dealing with the fact that you've lost a spouse. You know, you've spent decades with this person, and now they're gone, and maybe they handled stuff that you didn't handle, and it's all yours now. And so, you're dealing with that by yourself, and you feel emotionally alone this morning. Or maybe there's stuff in your life that... And you've got people around you, people that you care about, but there's something that you're not ready to talk about with the people even that you love the most. I mean, it's so private, so overwhelming maybe, that you're just not prepared to say anything about this. Or maybe there's something in your life that even though, again, there's people close, they don't feel it like you feel it, right? So you've got this diagnosis, you're dealing with some kind of sickness, you've got people who love you, they're going to walk with you through it, they're going to do whatever they can to care for you, but you know what? You're the one who's sick. And that's a different experience of this person I love is sick. It's, It's you. It's your future that's in doubt in a way that no one else's is. And you feel alone in the middle of that. Or maybe there's a challenge you're facing, something you've got to accomplish. It's going to come, and you're responsible. You're the leader, or it's up to you personally. And again, as much as you've got cheerleaders, people to encourage you, people to come alongside you, the truth is still there that it's up to you. And that burden of leadership or that burden of responsibility, it's on you in a way that it's not on anybody else. And so you feel a little bit alone in the midst of that. And when we feel alone, our fears about the future, our questions about what's going to happen, our concerns about what if I don't measure up, what if I don't do this right, they're all magnified because we feel alone. So what do we do in the midst of our sense of being alone in the face of something that is overwhelming? Where do we turn? Now it's not surprising that I'm going to tell you my answer is, We need to turn to God, okay? It's the answer you expect today from me. But the question for us really is, okay, how is God the answer in the midst of that? What does God do in the face of our fear and our feeling of aloneness that can possibly help us? How can God be our refuge when we feel alone? To get at that, I'd like to turn to Psalm 139 today. This series, we're parked in the Psalms, we're thinking about how the Psalms speak, and they really do speak in powerful ways when we need refuge because they're sometimes questioning. Sometimes the psalmists go to God and they say, God, why aren't you acting? And I really need you to do something here, and so far, I don't see you present in the midst of this. Or they speak of the way God has acted, and they're encouraging us in that as well. So in many ways, the Psalms speak the words that sometimes we don't have in the moments when we need refuge from God. And this is a great one. You know, this Psalm speaks about a theological subject that we sometimes talk about. It's called God's omnipresence. All right, What does that mean? That means God is present everywhere. Big word that means something hugely important. God's omnipresence. He's present everywhere. But the psalmist never uses those theological words, those constructs that we put together. Instead, the psalmist speaks in a very personal way about how God's presence affects him. Okay, And I think that's more powerful for us today than this big theological word that can help us out. Now, here we go. Listen to what the psalmist says. We're going to begin right at the beginning, verse 1 of Psalm 139. He says, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. That's powerful. What the psalmist is saying there is, God knows you. Now, it's not just that God knows the big, important stuff about you, like the day you were born, who your parents were or are. It doesn't say who your spouse is going to be or who your spouse is, what your children are going to be like, what your job is, what your mission is, what your ministry is like in this church or any other church. It's not just that stuff. He knows that, but he also knows when you went to bed last night, what time you got up this morning, how many times you woke up during the night? What you had for breakfast this morning? What your conversation was like on the way to church or when you got here? God knows all of that stuff, too. And when we think about that, it's like, how? mean, how does he know all of that stuff about every one of us in this room and the 7.4 billion other people on the face of this earth? And how could God keep track of that? I mean, if we had to sit down and memorize what every person in this room had for breakfast, that would be too much for us, right? I mean, like one cereal, uh, one ham and eggs, and another cereal, a waffle. How can we keep up with that? We can't. But God knows all of that. Because God is not limited by space or time or the size of our brains. God knows everything. In fact, the psalmist says, before we say a word, God already knows it. And that's overwhelming to us. And the psalmist had that same sense. Verse 5, you hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand on me. Now, we're going to come back to this thought, but he's saying, listen, there's nowhere to go where God's not there. He's in front of us. He's behind us. And then verse 6, Such knowledge, all this we've talked about in one through five, such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. It's so overwhelming to think that God knows all that stuff about me, all that stuff about my spouse, my kids, my parents, my church, and everybody else. It's just one more reason to worship this mighty God who created us and loves us and cares for us. That's the kind of God we serve. and it's overwhelming when we think about it. A little bit more, verse seven, sort of the second stands, the second verse of the psalm. "Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle at the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. I love that line. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for the darkness is as light to you. The psalmist says, you know what? Even if I try to run away from God, I can't do it. I can't do it. If I try to go the opposite direction, it reminds me of Jonah, right? God said to Jonah, listen, I want you to go east, and I want you to talk to this people who needs this message from me. What did Jonah do? He said, I don't want to talk to them. I'm going to go west. And he went in the opposite direction and tried to get as far away from where God wanted him to go as possible. And what happened? God found him. Because there's no way to run away from God. It just can't happen. He says, I can try it by land. I can try it by air. And this was before, you know, Boeing was in business. But he says, if I go by air, God's going to find me. If I go to the depths, God's going to find me. Maybe if I turn out the lights, I can hide from God. But no. Because even when we try to hide in the darkness, not just physically that even spiritually, even if I try to hide in the darkness spiritually, God will find me. Because God will make the darkness like the middle of the day. I can't hide from God anywhere. Why is that? Because he cares that much. Because he loves us so completely that he wants to be with us All the time. He wants to guide us. He wants to help us. Even when we are pushing him away, he still wants to help. He's that kind of God. And then to complete the thought, verse 13. And this this passage is maybe a little more familiar than the rest of the psalm. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, the psalmist says. Why? Because God made me. Because God made you. God knew what you would be like. God knew the things that you could accomplish before you were even born. Your days were ordained the day you were born, the day you're going to die. As hard as that is for us to sort of think about, God still knows that. And he's inviting us past that into eternal life. God loved us enough to give us life. God loved us enough to stand with us through this life. And God loved us enough to send his son so that we could spend eternity with him. That's God's plan for you and for me. He knows us that deeply because he cares about us that completely. So, what's the message in this psalm? What's this about in terms of refuge? God is saying, the psalmist is saying, God is present even when you feel alone. God is present even when you feel alone. And the truth is, there are times in life when we will feel alone. Maybe physically, maybe emotionally, maybe spiritually, but we will feel alone. And it is then, it is always, but it is then especially, that we can know that God is still present. Now, there are times, we have to admit, there are times when we would really like it if God were a little more tangible, if we could touch God, if we could hear God, if we could see God in more ready ways than, than sometimes it works. But yet, the message of Scripture is God is still there. God is always there in your life and in my life. So, if we think about that, Okay, how does that provide refuge for us? Because the truth is, we can, we can accept that intellectually. We can, we can get that, but when the lights go out, it's a little harder to translate that from our heads to our hearts, right? Because sometimes we still feel alone. So what can we do? I want us to see three things quickly that I think we can do, some practical things that we can do to have this greater sense of the presence that's already there. The first is this, acknowledge God's presence. Acknowledge God's presence. Okay, He is there. That's what the psalmist is saying. And the psalmist doesn't speak it like in those theological terms, omnipresence. He says, listen, this is how it feels. This is what it's like to worship this mighty God who's always present in your life. That's the kind of God we serve, okay? And that's exciting to me because it's so much deeper and more powerful than just sort of talking in theological prose. Listen, this is what God's like. This is how he is your refuge. And so since God is present, we need to acknowledge that. And what I'm talking about is praying about it. Yeah, I think it's a good practice for us to begin our day saying, God, I know you're there. And I've had to pray this a lot of times for myself and other people. God, show us your presence. Right? Make it known. We know you're there. We have faith that you're present with us today in this worship service, and we know that God is going to be present with us this afternoon. He knows what our plans are, the psalmist says. I know we got plans for this day. Maybe it's just to take a nap, okay? God knows whether those plans are going to work out or not. He knows what's going to happen this afternoon, tonight, your week, this week. God knows all that stuff. And what we need to pray today is, God, show us that you're present. Help us have a sense of your presence through your spirit. Fill us with your spirit so much that we're aware that you are there even when we feel alone. So it's a matter of prayer. And then second, focus on God's love. Now, we can have lots of people present in our lives, right? And some of them really strengthen us and build us up. And then there are other people, And they don't strengthen us. And they don't build us up. But when we think about God, and this theme runs all the way through this psalm, I think even though it's sort of unsaid, that the presence of God is powerful and makes a difference in our lives because He loves us so much. Because He cares so deeply about us. Because He made us. And He made us like we are. We're talking about a God who loves us. And so when we talk about the presence of God and God providing refuge for us, it's because he's a loving God. And so we can be confident that this is a God who cares deeply about us, deeply enough that he sent his son, deeply enough that he called us into this relationship, a relationship that he wants to last not just for this life, not just for today, not just even until we die, but for eternity. That's the kind of God we have. That's how much he loves us. And then finally, depend on God's strength. We're talking about a powerful God. We're talking about a God who created the whole universe. And has such deep knowledge of everything that he created, that he knows every action that we're going to take, even before it's taken. That's a powerful God. And I know sometimes we struggle with, why doesn't God do the things that we want him to do when we want him to do them? Right? The truth is, God knows better than we do sometimes. Because God can see tomorrow. And God can see eternity. And God knows what's best for us. Sometimes it's a matter of trusting that this powerful God will do what he knows to be best. Not just for me, not even just for my family, maybe not even just for my church, but for his whole creation that he stands in the middle of and maintains his loving, powerful presence. So today, maybe you woke up feeling a little alone this morning. Not just physically, but maybe emotionally to the point that, I mean, you weren't sure what to do with it. The encouragement that we find here, the refuge that we find here is that even when I feel alone, even when you feel alone, God is present. God is present and he's ready to care for you and he invites you into this relationship that can last for eternity. Let's pray together. God, sometimes we do feel alone. Maybe some people in this room feel very alone right now. God, we pray that you would help us see your presence. We can feel alone for lots of reasons stuff that we're worried about is going to happen this week, a sense of being alone because there's sickness because there's financial struggle, because there's emotional struggle, relationship struggle, parenting, marriage, children struggle, all the things that take place, problems that we've got to face at work this week. God, help us to know. Help every single one of us to know that we are not alone. We pray it in Jesus' name. Today, God offers you refuge. He offers us refuge from our greatest enemies, sin and death. He sent his son to die on a cross to defeat both of those things, to be raised, to overcome the power of death, and he invites you into a relationship, and maybe today you're ready to receive that gift. If you're ready to do that, we'd love to talk with you about that during this song, or maybe after our service, if you're ready to commit in faith and repentance and baptism to become a follower of Jesus. Or maybe you've done that and you want to be a member of our church and serve with us. If you've made either one of those decisions, please feel free to come forward as we stand and sing this song or catch me after the service. I'd love to talk with you about that. Let's stand together and sing.